It is the Lockdown Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. This is Jake Lisko along with my co-host, Joe Goodberry. Go find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at Joe Goodberry. Give us a follow. That's the best way to interact with us. Also, follow the main Lockdown account at Lockdown Bengals. Go give the show a review if you like on the various podcast outlets that exist. We really appreciate it. And the last administrative note is that today's show now you're locked on Bengals lead story. I'm Jake Lisko along with Joe Goodberry. Today the lead story, the Bengals have signed a free agent center who has no realistic chance to make the team and that's a college free agent from Purdue, Kirk Barron, who was previously signed by the Miami Dolphins before he was waived back in May. So this isn't a late cutdown. This is a guy that has been a free agent since May, and the Bengals just need players to take snaps in their fourth preseason game where none of their starters are playing and a number of their backups or guys that are fighting for back-of-the-roster roster spots are hurt as well. So the starting offense isn't expected to play, but the starting five offensive linemen aren't expected to play, and that's why Kirk Barron was needed. Other than that, the two backups that have played a lot, Keaton Sutherland and O'Shea Dugas, have not practiced, and they may sit out Thursday as well. That puts the Bengals very light on the offensive line, probably playing some players that they don't want to or they value, such as Billy Price and Andre Smith. I think if everyone was healthy back there, uh, those two may sit also. We'll, so we'll have to see who plays on Thursday night, but it makes sense why they went out and signed a depth player like Kirk Barron. Also missing from practice is Christian Musterman, so he's back to the team. He said that reports of his retirement were overblown and he just needed some time away. I don't think we'll ever get the full story on what happened with Christian Musterman there, but he's back with the team for now and he doesn't have a clear roster spot. And if he's not playing and he hasn't practiced, so you can assume he's not playing, he's got a tough road ahead of him. And I wonder if he has practice squad eligibility because that seems like the perfect spot for him right now as he clears some things up personally. And also when you look, as we get into this 53-man roster in the next two segments, I don't have a good backup or uh, rosterable practice squad guard and an interior guy for the Bengals, and Westerman would fit that. Especially because Keaton Sutherland's been used as a tackle, right? Yeah. In addition to that, other guys not practicing that are fighting for a roster spot— Jeff Driscoll, Stanley Morgan, Moritz Boinger, although I think they still have an exemption for him, and Christian Ringo, who might end up starting the season on some sort of injured list. Darquez Denard, of course, we talked about yesterday, still expected perhaps to start the season on the physically unable to perform list, which would keep him sidelined for the first six weeks of the season. Dave Lapham also mentioned in talking about the A.J. Green injury and updates thereabouts, he was in the locker room yesterday moving around on a scooter, his foot in a boot. Apparently, he is no longer feeling pain, which is a good sign. But he was talking about Pittsburgh as a potential return for A.J. Green, and that's not until week four. And if that's the case, 
That means a recently anointed starter, Damian Willis, has a little bit more on his plate than I initially thought. And there's more injuries at wide receiver. Obviously, John Ross has missed all of camp and is practicing now. He's on pace to start week one or at least play. And Auden Tate, who looked like he was earning a starting role until he tweaked his knee in the third preseason game, he has not practiced this week, but they expect him to practice next week and to get him on pace for week one should he make the roster. But that puts three receivers in doubt or at least in question and that may affect how the Bengals build this 53-man roster. Yeah, the injuries at receiver might force their hand a little bit there because if they don't feel like they're 100% certain John Ross is going to be able to play a whole game, and obviously injuries can happen at any point, but you want to make sure you have a full stable of wide receivers out there, even though they have the tight ends probably that they feel good enough about to go into 12 personnel if they have to. I don't think they want their hand forced in week one. To wrap up on Auden Tate, and we might get into this a little bit more in the 53-man segment, I hope he makes a team because he definitely has something to offer, even in sub-packages down in the red zone. He brings a unique skill set, as we've talked about on this podcast, and it's something that the Bengals could certainly use. The last injury note here is that Clayton Fedulum has returned to practice, and that's good news because he's an important backup. There's not a huge drop-off when Sean Williams leaves the field in particular and Fedulum needs to step in. And he's a very important special teamer, both in punt protection and in coverage teams, generally speaking. So that's an important player for the Bengals to get back. It also sounds like Darren Simmons wants to see Rodney Anderson get a lot of extra work in kick coverage and on special teams this week. So it'll be interesting to see how the team deploys him and balances him out on offense where he was very good last week. And Dave Lapham speculated that's why he didn't get as many special team snaps because they wanted to ride him out as a wide receiver and see what he could offer them in that part of the game. This has been your Cincinnati Bengals lead story from Jake Lisko and Joe Goodberry of Locked on Bengals. Now let's take a moment to recognize our first sponsor of the episode, and that's Vivid Seats. Perhaps you've heard of them. They're an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing you tickets to live experiences. It could be at a concert. It could be at a sporting event, which is probably what we're talking about here as Bengals fans, or it could be at the theater. Who knows? They have great prices, and it's easy to buy tickets on the app, and you can get 10% to 60% credit on all purchases if you use the app for the month of August. So make sure you go to the App Store and look up Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. And they have a promo code. Enter KICKOFF at the checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. I'll take a $100 discount. Me too. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Bengals fans, to the Locked On Bengals podcast with your host, Jake and Joe. I'm excited for this segment, the next two segments, because uh, we're doing our 53-man roster projections. A lot of people have asked for mine. I don't think I'm going to write one out this year, it's, unless I put it on Twitter. But uh, So this will be my one projection at what I think the Bengals roster will look like on day one. Jake's got his. I've got mine. We're not building it together here. I'm going to go through each position as Jake will too. I mean, we'll uh, we'll go start off at, at, on the offensive side, start at quarterback, go down. And I think a lot of this is going to be similar, so we won't have to wait uh, or, or waste a lot of time on the similar ones, like quarterback and running back. I'm sure Jake and I have the exact same as everyone should be. But then as we have some differences, we'll talk it out and say what maybe the Bengals' thinking could be on this, what the process is, because I think some of these players that they may keep are different than who we would keep if it was up to us, Jake. 
Yeah, and we'll see how much that's the case. And I think this is especially true around on the offensive side of the ball, wide receiver. And yeah, Cody exactly Core, what I was thinking. Where there's a lot of animosity in the fan base around Cody Core, But I might be on the side of keeping him. So we'll see what happens when we get there. And we'll have a conversation about the wide receiver position. But yeah, let's start at quarterback and, and, and then we'll get to running back. Because I think we are in lockstep here. The quarterback, yeah. I think, is very clearly Andy Dalton and Ryan Finley. And I don't yeah. think that they have the roster spot to carry a third quarterback. And I think that means Jeff Driscoll is not going to make the team. And Jake Dolagala is going to be your practice squad quarterback for 2019. Yeah, and I actually have down here for the potential to put Jeff Driscoll on the injured reserve. Just in case you need to pull him back after eight weeks. He hasn't practiced. Now he didn't play last week. He may not play this week. He's had a hamstring issue. It, it opens up a lane for them just in case Ryan Finley or Andy Dalton, who's had injuries uh, lately, don't get the job done. You can bring Driscoll back and you can have him halfway through the year. And the worst case there is that that opens up the Bengals to a grievance if Jeff Driscoll isn't seriously hurt and he decides he wants to say, you know what, I shouldn't have gone on the IR. This kept me from making it on another team. On the other hand, he still gets paid. So yeah. could be worse. It could be. Let's go to running back then. I think we both have the same. This is four players, and I do think they keep four. Even though I did keep it open to, you know, maybe they make a decision there. If I get to enough players on the offense where I've got to cut someone, I thought maybe it could be at running back. But I'm, I am going to go with Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, Travion Williams, Rodney Anderson. I assume you have the same. Yeah, I don't really see an argument to the contrary. It sounds like they want Rodney Anderson to be a major special teams contributor. We talked about that a little bit in the open. Darren Simmons was talking about that apparently with Dave Lapham, according to the Bengals Booth podcast that I listened to today. Quentin Flowers and Jordan Ellis, while they're, you know, fine back of the roster running backs, neither have done enough to unseat the six-round picks from this year. Travion Williams, of course, has the favor of Jim Turner, Rodney Anderson could have very well been a second-round pick if he had managed to get through his last collegiate season healthy, and he had an electric premiere, so I don't think there's anything that's going to really shake this up. However, if the Bengals do decide to trade Giovanni Bernard to, say, the Houston Texans, who just lost Lamar Miller for the season, well, then there's a way for, I think, Jordan Ellis to be the next guy onto the team. Although they do like Quentin Flowers, and we knew it was going to be a developmental process for him, I think Ellis has shown enough to be the practice squad guy if they choose to carry a running back there. Yeah, so we'll move on then. Wide receiver, I'm keeping seven on mine, and I end up with 25 total on offense, so perfectly balanced as all things should be. But I'm going with seven at wide receiver. And for me, I, I obviously, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross make the roster. They're locks. I still think Alex Erickson is. He is still their return man. So I've got Erickson as number four. And right now for number five, they've pretty much announced that Damian Willis will make the roster and will start. He will not play on Thursday. So that gives you five receivers right there. That's probably your active five once A.J. Green is healthy and depending on how Damian Willis plays for that first month of the season. Now they need some active guys to replace A.J. Green for that first month. I think that's Auden Tate next. So I've got Auden Tate as number six. And like I said in the open, with A.J. Green injured currently, Auden Tate actually not practicing right now for an injury, and then John Ross being the question mark he will always be. I'm going with a number four guy. I should say a number seven guy. But a number four right now that's active, and that's Cody Core because of the special team's ability. Beating out Josh Malone, that means. And I only say over Josh Malone because I think 
Damian Willis, Auden Tate are kind of redundant, or Josh Malone would be redundant if you're going to keep those two guys that aren't core special teams players, no pun intended, Cody Core is. Yeah, and they've been trying to find ways for Josh Malone to contribute on special teams. He had a really nice return that I think there was a penalty on against the uh, Giants in Week 3. And I actually have the same seven. It was pretty difficult for me when it came to Core versus Malone because I think we all love Malone's upside. We've talked about it all offseason, but he just hasn't produced it in the games. Meanwhile, Cody Kors had his best preseason as a receiver, and while he's struggled on special teams, which actually is my biggest reservation about him, because he hasn't been very good on special teams in this preseason, I think if you need a guy who has the experience of special teams, which Darren Simmons can look back and say, the last three years, Cody Kors has been pretty good on special teams for me. And he's emerging and was solid. He didn't have any drops, caught a lot of first downs for the Bengals this preseason, I don't see a way that you can keep Malone over court unless he's been excellent in practice. I think Malone will find his way onto another 53 while Stanley Morgan or Ventrell Bryant, maybe both, end up on the practice squad. Yeah, and I was going to say, if John Ross wasn't healthy or cleared to practice or wasn't practicing, I can make the case then for Malone over core because you may need that guy in offense, and I would take Malone over core then. I think that it's very, very hard to let Malone go. Yeah, I also I think too. the Bengals are going to keep core. I do too. And does that mean then maybe we've overrated Auden Tate and maybe it's Malone and not Tate? It could be. I mean, like I said in our lead story today, I think Auden Tate brings a skill set that nobody else on the Bengals has. His ability to make catches outside of his frame in contested spaces, the body control, the, the size. I think even on a limited basis, if they only use him on red zone and third down situations, he adds too much value as a as a chess piece especially if you put him out there with Tyler Eifert I mean it's just it's just another unique target and I think that letting him go just gives up too much so let's move on to tight end then where it's obvious that CJ Uzama Tyler Eifert and Drew Sample are locks I think we did this last week we all we both agreed on that I am going to agree with Paul Denner here who's been saying that uh, Seathan Carter is a valued special teamer, and I would add that I also think he can play a lot of H-back roles for them, and he did his rookie year in replacing Ryan Hewitt, if you remember. Hewitt, I think that's the guy who kicked Hewitt off the roster uh, three years ago. And so I do think Carter makes it as the fourth guy. I think you kind of have to keep four tight ends because of Eifert and because Drew Sample's a rookie. I, even though they may only use one guy for most of the game, even though it will be a rotation, I mean one tight end for most of the game, I think keeping four makes sense because of the special teams factor also. Yeah, I think we'll see Sample and Carter play special teams. And I would also add to that that Carter has flashed throughout camp, including the day I was there with a really nice deep catch. So I don't really have a strong argument against Carter here. You might say, well, what about Mason Shrek? Uh, Maybe some people like Jordan Franks. I think a majority of people for the fourth tight end might point to Shrek, but if not Carter, I mean, but I think Carter has shown enough and has enough versatility, special teams value. I think we're on the same page. Uh, uh, let's try to find a difference. Right, I know. Uh, I thought wide receiver might be one. But uh, let's go to offensive line where now if I want to be at 25, and I did, I tried to be 25 on offense and defense, that leaves eight positions. And what I'm doing here is I'm putting Jonah Williams and keeping him on the physically unable to perform list so I don't have to create a roster spot for him on day one and to bring him back on IR recall. The thing about the PUP is he's on it right now. He has not practiced. He can transition to it without taking up a roster spot. The, the trick there is 
that after six weeks, you have to make a decision where you get six more weeks basically to, to start practicing before you have to uh, uh, make a, a decision on him. And then the, the thing there is if he can practice by week 12, which is December 1st, if he can practice by then, you have to cut somebody on the roster, but you get 21 days extended on top of there. You can get him almost to week 15 before you have to play him or, or have to make him active. So uh, that pretty much brings them all the way to where they wanted him to be, where their original projection is. So I think PUP makes a lot of sense. I'm not going to put him on the 53 just to IR recall him because you cannot IR recall him after he's been on the 53. You have to be on the day one 53-man roster, if that makes sense. So... With that, my eight are Cordy Glenn. I'm going to start with the, with the starters. Cordy Glenn, Michael Jordan, Trey Hopkins, uh, John Miller, Bobby Hart. So that's five. I say we got three backups. That's it. Andre Smith, who plays both tackle positions. John Jerry, that plays guard and tackle in a pinch. And then Billy Price, who plays all three interior offensive line positions. That's eight. You're thin, but why keep a bad player just for extra depth? You're so... So thin, but I agree with you. Who else are you keeping? The only argument that you could really make is probably Christian Westerman. And it's not really possible to make an argument to keeping Christian Westerman on the 53 after he missed a whole week and a half or so of practice in a game and he's still not practicing. I think that they try to get him onto the practice squad if he has eligibility, and that's probably something we should know. Andre, if you're listening, get in our mentions. (laughs) (laughs) Let us know if uh, Christian Westerman has any eligibility. So what's the summary on the offense? We've got two quarterbacks, four running backs, four tight ends, seven receivers, and eight offensive linemen for 25 total players. And remember, you get Alex Redman back after week five. So four games of suspension, you get him back for week five. Uh, So if you do feel you're a little thin, you can get a ninth lineman or maybe someone is injured somewhere by that time to activate him, which would give you a little bit more depth. And I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if they find a fourth tackle somewhere right? that's better than what they've got and, and try to sign him. Really smart move, keeping Jonah Williams on the PUP because roster spots are at a premium. I think in some previous iterations we've had on this on the podcast, we've thought he'll have to be on the 53 so they can IR return him, but they can yeah. just keep him on the PUP and that works as well. I hadn't yeah, even I... counted Alex Redmond, actually. Right. I just thought, yeah, he's cut. But he is suspended, so that's a free roster spot for four weeks. Yeah, I did. I spent some time today looking at the IR recall rules, the PUP rules, and texting with Jay Morrison to see what he thought of uh, of that idea. And he, he agreed that they could do that and get him into December by using the PUP. What about practice squad candidates to wrap up here on the offensive line? I think O'Shea Dugas has flashed yep. quite a bit. I think Keaton Sutherland has a chance because of yep. his familiarity with Jim Turner. I'm thinking of the young guys that have a chance that are injured and not pra- not practicing or probably playing this week, and that includes like Stanley Morgan. So I, yeah. I think you've got a few guys here that maybe they're hiding, and then Jake Dolagala at quarterback. So the offensive practice squad, Jake Dolagala, O'Shea Dugas, Keaton Sutherland, Morgan Stanley, maybe Ventel Bryant or maybe right. one of the running backs. Right. Yeah, it starts to get heavy on the, on the offensive side there. But I like more offensive – young guys than I do defensive. Didn't they expand the practice nine. squad? Oh, so or is it nine. 10? I thought it went up to 12. Jeez, <laughs> this is something we should know. We should. So we got to look up practice squad rules and then how many people can be on it because uh, once they changed that a few years ago, right, I kind of just forgot about it because now it's not such a critical thing. Well, you know what? We need to take a break anyway. Let's talk about our excellent local sponsor, Abco Safety. We'll go look up some rules and we'll come back and correct them in the third segment before we get into the defense. 
We've talked about Abco Safety a few times. They're a safety distributor located in Cincinnati, and they've partnered with 3M to sponsor the Locked On Bengals podcast. We are greatly and eternally thankful to Abco Safety, our first local sponsor, our first returning sponsor. If you or your company purchase safety equipment, be sure to give them a call because they promise to save you money on your safety budget. Joe, what are we looking at today on abcosafety.com? I'm looking at steel-toed boots, man. We get $130 a uh, every six months for our boots at work, but I'm looking at the prices here, and they're actually a lot better than what the boot truck comes in and offers. So, I mean, I'd save at least $15, maybe $20 on some of these that I always get. And that's before you even consider the corporate pricing. They promise they will save you money. Give them a shot at quoting your safety equipment to find out just how much they'll save you by giving them a call at 513-672-1818 and mentioning Locked On Bengals. We greatly appreciate their sponsorship, and I hope you give them a chance to keep you safe. We'll be right back. And we're back with segment three of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We get to switch over to the defensive side of the ball and finish off our 53-man roster, which I guess, do we even talk about special teams, Jake? Because there's three guys there, Huber, Bullock, and Harris. I don't think you have any uh, difference than I do there. So we'll just go. That leaves us with 25 spots on the defense. And it doesn't have to be even. Sometimes the Bengals have gone 26-24 or vice versa. And start here with the defensive line. I broke it up DND tackle because even though one guy kind of switches between the two, actually too good. But uh, for defensive end, edge players, I kept five. That is Carlos Dunlap, Carl Lawson, Sam Hubbard. I think those are obvious ones. I am also keeping Kerry Wynn and Jordan Willis because Willis is upside for me, and he has played okay in preseason. He had one really good game. And I think if you can't trade him, because I would try being a third-round pick, an edge rusher, an athletic guy that was seen as a developmental player, some team may give up something for him. He may be their most valuable trade piece. If you can't trade him, keep him because he does have some value if he ever hits his upside. Yeah, I think that's an interesting idea. I wonder if they could get maybe a fifth-round pick for him. I think that that would be a pretty fair return considering where he's at right now. I think he might also go be good somewhere. I mean, he's still got a chance to, maybe with the change of scenery, get something done. He's been solid in the preseason. He hasn't been spectacular. I'm with you on the first four for sure. Hubbard, Lawson, Dunlap, win. And then it gets very hard. It's Willis versus Brown, right? Or you I've got Brown at defensive tackle. I am. Yeah. That's where he should be playing more. I, I can see Willis if we're not counting Brown as an end. Emmanuel Turner hasn't done anything to warrant a roster spot. That was a college free agent who came from Cleveland. Uh, yeah, those are the five. Right. The only hard part here is then I end up keeping 10 total defensive linemen, which and is I heavy. I do too. And that means I keep five de- defensive tackles by by definition, one guy is going to be inactive. That's Renell Wren. I know that. But my three active guys are more than likely Geno Atkins, Andrew Billings, Ryan Glasgow. I'd love to keep Josh Tupal the way he's played this this preseason. He's been really good. In fact, I could see a scenario where they may view him as as or view Andrew Billings as expendable because of the way Tupal was played. But I'm going to go with those three: Renell Wren, who's inactive, and then I'm keeping Andrew Brown because I think. When you look at the the pass rushers behind Atkins, Glasgow is is I like Glasgow, but he's not that athletic three tech. I think if if Atkins goes down, you have nobody then behind him that really can come in and provide anything from the middle. And I know Wynn can kick inside, I know Hubbard's kicking inside, but I think Brown may even be better than those guys, and especially from a more of a defensive tackle role. He's 290 pounds, he can fit that role. So I, I want to keep Brown because of that, because I think 
this is a talented guy, an explosive guy on the inside that his upside is just now being realized. I think we have our first difference here, Joe. Okay. I think if they can't trade Andrew Billings, which was a cool idea John Sheeran floated today that I think is worth considering, especially if they can get something for him. Now, it might be a mistake, but he is a nose tackle, and Josh Tupo has been very solid in the preseason, and he does the same thing. Ryan Glasgow also has been very solid, and he also does the same thing. So I'm looking for a way to make a roster spot for Andrew Brown, just like Joe, as a backup three-tech, which is not something they really have on the roster. They might try to put Ryan Glasgow in that spot, but you lose something if you're asking Ryan Glasgow to rush the passer. Mm -hmm. They're going to get Geno Atkins out there on most third downs, but on those plays when he's not on the field, it's very noticeable. That being said, I think the difference for me is I'm not rostering Rennell Wren. Despite the upside there, he hasn't shown me really much of anything outside of one preseason game when I thought he looked solid. He gets lost a little bit too much. I knew he was going to be raw, and I'm trying to sneak him onto the practice squad. I think yeah. that's a long shot because of that athletic upside, but... I mean, he's not even really ahead of Christian Ringo for me if Christian Ringo's healthy. See, you, your best argument is that you're keeping the five best players because Josh Dupal is one of the five best right now. He's better than Renault Ren, hands down. There's no question. Yeah. My only argument is that one guy's going to be inactive at least, and probably two of these guys are going to be inactive. You might as well keep it for the guy you invested a fourth-round pick in. And at that point, I start to question, why are we keeping five guys anyway if we're going to inactivate one and we're just stashing a guy we have 53 roster spots. We've already cut some guys maybe on the offensive side of the ball that could be helpful. We're carrying eight linemen. That's incredibly light. Right. But maybe they go 11 defensive linemen. Here's what I'm going to do, Joe. I'm going to carry 11 defensive linemen to keep Rennell Wren. Uh, and I'm only going to keep four linebackers. You know what? I could see this happening and then waiting for the cuts, claiming one, letting one, that claiming a linebacker, and then letting a defensive lineman go. Same with wide receiver potentially. If they get to that point, everyone's healthy and you don't need that yeah. seventh guy. You know, you you claim a linebacker. So I'm going short at linebacker. I'm not going as as drastic as some have said recently that maybe they keep only four. And I think only four guys are maybe worthy of a roster spot, right? And you claim two guys or sign a veteran and claim another. But I I have Nick Vigil, Preston Brown, Jordan Evans, Jermaine Pratt, and I'm only putting Malik Jefferson as the last guy because. They spent a third-round pick on him just a year ago. The athletic upside is there. I know he's never shown it really in college or in the pros. Uh, he's, he's a ghost out there for most of the time in preseason. But he did play a lot of snaps on special teams last year. If I'm going to keep a guy who played just as many as Hardy Nickerson or maybe Deshaun Davis would play, I might as well keep a guy that I think has the most upside as a defender if he ever has to play. If you're going to keep five, I'm not going to argue with you there. I wouldn't be surprised if they kept Deshaun Davis over Malik Jefferson because Deshaun right. Davis is their draft pick. Yep. I also wouldn't be surprised if they kept Hardy Nickerson for his experience. And he honestly hasn't been that bad. And it's not exciting, but this is the state of the Bengals linebackers. And that's why I'm keeping four. (laughs) I'm keeping Rennell Wren and Josh Tupo. And I'm keeping Nick Vigil, Preston Brown, Jordan Evans, Jermaine Pratt. And that's it. I I don't think the Bengals are going to run with four. But there's certainly a world where that makes sense because the linebackers have shown you so little that they know they need to go outside of the, what's currently on the roster to find the fifth guy. You don't need to keep six and seven anymore, to be honest, because you're playing with two guys you're for Nick most the of the game. game. 
Right. And you can and, and you can use Fedulin if you have to. Exactly. Or Sean Williams or that's and I actually thought maybe they keep five safeties when we get there. So well let's go to defensive backs because I think that's I think a lot of people are in agreement. The, your weakest position linebacker, don't let's not keep an extra guy. I made the same argument for for offensive line. Let's not keep a ninth guy just for depth yeah. because he's bad. You're not ever gonna use him. You don't want to use him. He's gonna be inactive. Yep. So the same could be said for linebacker. Uh at corner right now I have six listed, but I, I put a star next to the last guy and it kind of Goes with what I'm going to say at, at safety by keeping maybe five guys there if you can. But I'm going to start at corner, and I got William Jackson, Drake Kirkpatrick, B.W. Webb, Locks, right? And I'm going to start by saying P.U.P., Dark West Denard, he doesn't count. So I've got those three, and I'm going with Darius Phillips, and Tony McRae, and Devontae Harris. But I don't feel great about those last two guys, and I could see myself saying, okay, only go five corners and five safeties. I think that the last couple spots here are still open. Yeah. I, I think I think that this is the one place where the third, the fourth preseason game can make a huge difference. Is Kavari Russell back at practice yet? Uh, I did not see his name, so I would assume so. So I think it comes down to Kavari Russell, Devontae Harris, Tony McRae, and Tony Lippett. I think Tony, right, Tony Lippett, Lippett has a real shot to be that last corner that they keep. If they keep six, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Lippett is the sixth guy behind Darius Phillips. The sixth guy is inactive, so right. The fifth guy may be Tony McRae because he's actually been decent on special teams in the past. So maybe the, the fifth guy comes down to, okay, who do you like as a development or a guy that may need to start one day if, if someone goes down? Do you like Lippitt? Do you like Devontae Harris? Do you like Kavari Russell? Which, to be honest with you, I could see an argument for any of those three guys. And I'm going to argue for Lippitt here because he has the pedigree and he has a familiarity with the coach. And... There's a chance that, I mean, he had one really solid game there in the preseason. I think it was yeah. actually the third game. He was quite quite good. And if he gets back to the form he had before he had the Achilles injury, then you're in good shape. That's a great sixth corner to have. Yeah, and then maybe he's your fifth and you don't keep six. And then maybe. I'll go to move, move the safety now. And I'll say, maybe if Tony McRae is my special teams guy, well, maybe my fifth uh, safety can be that special teams guy for you. And that's either Brandon Wilson or Trayvon Henderson, who it sounds like they like both of those guys. So I'll go with my starting three, starting two, with the third guy being your your ace and guy who's going to play a lot on defense also. But Jesse Bates, Sean Williams, Clayton Fedulum. I like Wilson a lot. They like Trayvon Henderson a lot. I don't know if there's a split there. I think Wilson should be locked on this roster. But maybe that's where I say, okay, you got two safeties you like at the end. I'm not sure that the cornerback position is, is solidified on the end. So maybe we go light at corner and we go a little heavier at safety this year. Yeah, I could see them just keeping the first four guys, though. I don't know if Trayvon yeah. Henderson's done enough to, to justify a 53-man spot if you're, if you're deciding between Henderson and one of these corners that has some upside left. So a few practice squad candidates. The, the most obvious to me is Tyree Cannell. I think that he has shown quite a bit at safety in very limited snaps. I think they might even be trying to hide him. They might have been trying to hide him the whole time. Jordan Brown, I think, the corner, seventh-round yep. pick, is an obvious practice squad guy. And then you name one of the linebackers, right? If Deshaun Davis doesn't make yeah. the team, they will definitely try to get him on the practice squad because they drafted him in the sixth round. And then on the defensive line, any of those maybe, guys. Turner, Emmanuel Red. Turner, right. And that's why I think maybe you keep an extra corner then in that scenario. Maybe you go five corners, keep a few of these guys like Harris and uh, Brown. And, you know, you keep keep those. Maybe can McRae still get on there? It seems like he can. He's been on the practice squad every year in his, in his life. So you can keep an extra year of practice squad eligibility if you keep 53 guys on your roster. If there's only 52, then you have then you can't make that last guy eligible, which I was go. just reading the rules, which the rules haven't changed much. They If you've... 
you can be basically on the practice squad up to three years now. So uh, there's a lot of guys that are eligible. And so I think that's the way it could go. I think we have a, a pretty strong 53 here in terms of how we feel about it. I think maybe only one or two positions are left open. It's it's the last receiver, and I don't actually think that that could possibly change that much unless Malone goes out there and catches like 10 balls for 170 yards and three touchdowns. Dominates. Like he, he, he could ball out. I mean, he's balling out against second, third teamers, but if he does... That gives him a chance. And Return then, to kick for a touchdown or something? Yeah, do something on special teams. Yeah. And then if Cody Core goes out there and he actually is the shutdown gunner that he's billed as, then he makes a team because he's right. been solid as a receiver when, when he's had his chances. And then I think that the most interesting position, well, it'll be what they do on the defensive line, how many guys they keep there, all the interesting choices are on the defense. How many linebackers do they keep? How many interior defensive linemen do they keep? How many corners do they keep? Right. Yeah, I'm with you on there. Big outstanding questions. So maybe we'll have to revisit those last few spots after game four uh, next week. And we probably will. We'll probably quickly go through if anything changed, definitely, as we watch those last few positions. Because we're not watching starters this week as we do our game preview tomorrow. We're watching the backups and see who's fighting for those final few spots. Right. So tomorrow we'll be back with a preview of week four, the preseason, the cleanup game, the decision maker for those last few roster spots. We just talked about the Indianapolis Colts come to Cincinnati and we'll also probably have time for a few listener questions. So keep an eye out for that mailbag collection tweet until then Bengals fans have a good one.